Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Inside Nigeria on Leadership Television. My name is Winnie Fadibabo, your host this Wednesday morning. And of course, our public affairs analyst will be joining us virtual, and that is a, a TV host, a public affairs analyst, and a syndicated columnist in the name of Mr. G.D. Udo. He will be joining us in a short while. On uh, many today, we are reviewing Nigeria's most influential newspaper, Leadership, a sister publication, National Economy, this day newspaper, and Print. Of course, we are flagging up with our staple leadership. Let's see what leadership is saying this Wednesday. Seven days after the train attack, terrorists killed 15 soldiers in Kaduna. Seven days after train attack, terrorists killed 15 soldiers in Kaduna. Nigeria is bleeding Tinubu. We are at crossroads. Aerofight. Reps, service chiefs, and five hour meeting. Lawmakers allege moves in military. Seven days after train attack, terrorists killed 15 soldiers in Kaduna. Nigeria is bleeding, says Bola Ahmed Nubu. We are at crossroads, Nasi Air 5. Reps, service chiefs in five hour meeting. Lawmakers allege moves in military. These are the stories making the runs on leadership newspapers. This Wednesday morning. I don't know if Mr. Jide Ojo has joined us. Good morning, Winifred. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great as well. Good to great. have you. Thank you so much. <coughs> You've seen leadership yeah. this, uh, this Wednesday morning. It says it's on security issues. Seven days after train attack, terrorists killed 15 soldiers in Kaduna. Anthony Bo says Nigeria is bleeding. At, um, for Aero 5, we are at a crossroads. Rev service chiefs in five hour meeting, while lawmakers allege moves in military. Meanwhile, this lawmakers' uh, allegations is also synonymous with what uh, good luck village Jonathan said during his uh, administration. He said Boko Haram is in his government. So, um, Mr. Jide, what do you have to say about this? How come yeah. he has not been able to overwhelm uh, bandits? Well, quite unfortunately, um, Winifred, first, good morning. Um, I'm glad to join you virtually. Um, yes. Nigeria, Nigeria, we held it. Uh, if you read my column in the point this morning, it was also on the issue of security. And um, it's very disheartening. Uh, the way we are even losing our military men, uh, imagine uh, some newspaper quoted 17 dead, yours says 15 dead, about 40 uh, injured in Biningwari. But when you say that Nigerian military is losing the war against insecurity, uh, they will label you as anti government, as unpatriotic, as somebody who doesn't mean well for this country. But facts are sacred. The bottom line is that we need to retool and re-strategize. We can't continue like this. Like I pointed out in my column, I mean, uh, we are experiencing lucidity of absurdity. Lucidity of absurdity to the extent that, uh, look at what uh, uh, Malan Nasser Arufai said. 
about the train attack that took place last week Monday in Kaduna. He said on two occasions, he wrote to the Nigeria Railway Corporation for them to shelve night train services. They ignored him. He said um, that he knows the identity and he has the numbers of the bandits and terrorists uh, that uh, they have sufficient intelligence to know where their camps are and that sometimes is drop on the communications of these terrorists but like he said in that famous interview with nigeria media he said he is surprised that the military has not gone after these uh, terrorists and which is what made him out of frustration to say that he, in collaboration with some of the northern state governors, were going to hire terror, uh, mercenaries uh, to, to be able to neutralize the terrorists. It then shows that one or two things. Uh, for um, Former President Olusha Kwambasanjo uh, last weekend said that Nigeria military is overwhelmed. But Alaji Lai Mohammed, our information and culture minister, said Nigeria military is not overwhelmed and that Nigerians are safer than uh, we were under the last administration. And Nigerians are asking, are our leaders living in another planet apart from planet Earth? Uh, are they not aware of what is going on? How could we be losing? I mean, I gave statistics in my column in the punch this morning. About 1,500 people have been killed in, in um, just three northern states and over 1,300 abducted. How can we continue like this? Uh, Pastor Enoch Adeboye said over the weekend that uh, he's not sure whether 2023 elections will hold. And in addition to that, I'm saying that even the Nigeria National Housing and Population Census that is meant to be held this year, may not even hold, even though we have earmarked $4 billion for that exercise. Because I just wonder who is going to be doing the counting in those volatile areas of Nigeria. And if we want, whatever is worth doing at all is worth doing well. The security situation in Nigeria is worsening by the day. And Nigerians are not feeling any safer than they were under the last administration. This administration, and I remind them, and I remind them that Section 14, Subsection 2B of the Constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria talks about security and welfare of citizens being the primary purpose of government. And I also did say that many of the governors who are lamenting, if you look at how much they are collecting on monthly basis as security votes, you will be amazed. And I used the recent revelation by Rocha Sokorocha, former governor of Imo State, as an indicator. He said that Imo State is owing him $8 billion. $8 billion that was meant, which is unclaimed security vote for eight years that he was governor of Imo State. It then shows that in a year that Imo State governor Opus Odima is collecting one billion naira every year as security vote. Yet, look at the volatile and the deplorable situation of security in Nemo State. Many 
So policemen have been killed, many uh, police stations have been raised. Um, the same thing in Anambra across the country. Uh, nowhere is immune. People are not feeling any safer than, and the president has, has just kept more. If it were to be another climb, Winifred, if it were to be another climb, you don't need to sack the national security advisor. He would have willingly uh, put in his resignation letter, including the minister of defense. They would have just, the two of them would just have said, oh, we've tried our best, but I think we need to pave way for somebody else to come and do this job. But they are still sitting tight, and it's like they have run out of strategy to deal with this situation. So how long, how many more lives are we going to lose before we overcome this security challenge? Because the morale of Nigerian military is even down now, given the loss of their men. The, the, the newspaper report this morning that in Biniguari, after the bandits or terrorists killed 17 soldiers and wounded 40, they also looted their armory and cutted away their weapons. With that means that we are having more weapons in the hands of a non-state actor. And the surprising thing, Winifred, the surprising thing is that these bandits will be in a convoy of motorcycles and drive for hours on check. How did they manage? So Nigerian soldiers cannot lay ambush for them. Nigerian soldiers, Nigerian Air Force cannot, cannot see them aerially as to neutralize them. They said, those who eyewitness said they will travel in convoy three on a motorbike, three of them on a motorbike, wielding AK-47. And I'm asking, Nigerian Army has armor personnel carrier. They have treated or armored vehicles. And still, they are being overwhelmed by people who are fighting on motorcycles. Does it make sense to you? This is why I concluded okay, the in Nigeria is that of lucidity, of absurdity. Because these people, if you are, somebody on motorbike is vulnerable, even if it's an RPG, you shoot into their midst, you are going to, dis, 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 you are going to uh, dislocate them. I don't know if you are getting me. If you if yeah. if you are in cover, let's say they are in cover of fifty or hundred, and you shoot an RPG, rocket propeller grenade, into their midst, and then you do a mop up operation. I'm not a member of the military, but can't we think out of the box? Can't we ambush them? Can't the military devise strategy to be able to neutralize these people if they are carrying, if they are if if their means of transportation is motorbikes? Can't we find a, 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 an, an, an effective way to checkmate them? So much so that what we now experience is that many people are fleeing the communities. They are now taking refuge in other, other parts of the country as a result of lack of trust and faith. In fact, in the infected attack on the military formation in, uh, in, in Biningwari, 
They said even three members of the local vigilantes were among those who were killed. May, may, may their soul rest in peace. It's just so unfortunate. And, and Nigerians are losing hope by the day as a result of this uh, raging, raging uh, insecurity. Now, uh, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Jay, for your talk today. Now many people are wondering what is the way out because uh, it took a while, easily for easily for for Nigeria to declare the bandits are terrorists. And it took another uh, three months ago or so for it to be gazetted. Now we have a disturbing death. What is happening to it? Why is there a nasty on our part? Because the, the uh, National Assembly was saying that they should declare war on terrorists. Declaration has been made time and time again, but nothing seems to be working. What should be done differently, Mr. J? Well, for me, a number of things need to be done differently. And that's why I keep referring to my column in the punch. First, we have very porous borders. And I raise concern about the porosity of our border to the extent that years back, David Paradang, former uh, Controller General of Nigeria Immigration Service, said there are 1,400 illegal entry routes into Nigeria. And in 2019, April 25, 2019, the Federal Executive Council he had marked 52 billion for e-surveillance, e-technology solution to our border challenge. But nobody has updated those as to what is the state of that e-border solutions. Because if we don't find a creative way to manage to secure our international borders or our borders, we will just be uh, mopping a leaking roof. Many of the terrorists have been said to not to be Nigerians, that they are infiltrators and migrants from Chad, Niger, Cameroon, and the rest. So if you have found that, that is because of our porous borders, I think Nigerians deserve to be informed and updated about that 52 billion project which was meant to be done in two years. Has it been abandoned? Is it work in progress? How long do we still have to wait to have that e-border solution? That's one. Two, we need to deal with issue of recruitment, mass recruitment of members of the armed forces. We need more personnel in Nigeria Air Force, in Navy, and in Nigeria Army. We need more personnel in Nigerian police. Nigerian police, maybe by now it's up to 400,000. But some years back, we are, we are told that the, the, the number of Nigerian police uh, is about 350,000. And the president gave a marching order that they should recruit 10,000 every year. I've been on this program to tell you that just last year or last two years, 2020-2021, there was a face-off between the police service commission and the former inspector general of police, uh, Mohammed uh, Abubakar, over who should recruit. The IGP went on to recruit. The police service commission under former inspector general of police, uh, Musilu Smith, said, no, you are usurping our power. Constitution has given us the power to recruit. The IG said, oh, you can only recruit senior policemen. 
the police service commission said we can also recruit constable and i was wondering where was the minister of police affairs in all of this where was the minister of defense in all of this where was the national security advisor in all of this where was the president and commander in chief of arms of forces in, 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 in all of this did you know winifred this case was taken to court they went to federal court the court said it's the police service commission that should recruit in collaboration with the idp they went on appeal look at all the period they are going to court over litigation this is an issue that should have been resolved through one or two meetings and the minister of defense and minister of police sitting together with national security advisor and amicably resolving the issue but rather they allow them to go to court and you know the court process how serious it is in all of this the ten thousand that were supposed to be recruited for 2020 could not be recruited until late last year they now said okay they have decided to work together to recruit those ten thousand. that was ten thousand that was meant for 2020. we don't know when they will recruit the one for 2021 and matthew winifred on march 26 a section of nigerian policemen went on strike yeah. over poor welfare of uh, 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 poor welfare services in fact the, some newspapers reported this morning that the inspector general have dismissed nine of the uh, of the ROS, those who those who plan that uh, I won't, I don't want to call it mutiny. Those who plan that uh, protest, nine of them has been dismissed. But did you know that a commissioner of police in Nigeria does not hand up to five hundred thousand in a month? A superintendent of police is earning less than one hundred fifty thousand in a month. How much does an inspector get? That means an inspector who has spent about 20 years does not earn up to 100,000. These are the people you and I want to go and face Boko Haram and insurgents and bandits and terrorists. So the issue of welfare has to be factored in. The life insurance policy and prompt payment of the entitlements of those who have lost their lives in active service is part of the way to encourage and motivate these Nigerian armed forces and police. Then we need to infuse technology into the fight against insurgency. You saw what is happening in Ukraine. Ukraine, in fighting Russia, was using drones. How many times has Nigerian army or police use drones to neutralize the bandits. These drones are unmanned. There are robots that could help you fight this war. So we need technology. And it is not for lack of money. I dare say Winifred, it's lack of accountability. Because if you look at Nigeria's budget for the past 10 years, the Nigerian security and defense sector always top the budget, budget line. They get the highest between Nigerian armed forces and police and other security agencies. 
if you put their resources in Nigeria budget together, it's almost close to 1.5 trillion. So, what more do you want us to do? This is apart from international assistance that have been rendered to Nigeria in terms of training of its personnel, in terms of uh, equipment, donation, and all of that. But issue of corruption also have to be looked into. Yes. Recall that re recently, the Auditor General's report for 2019, what it did reveal about Nigerian police, that a huge uh, number of uh, weapons could not be accounted for. Over 100,000 weapons could not be accounted for. So, issue of corruption, issue of accountability and transparency has to be factored in. There is also the software that we have to also take care of, which is issues of poverty and unemployment. In as much as people are poor and hungry, they will take to crime. There is a saying that water must find its level. Water must find its level. We need to improve the welfare of citizens. We need poverty reduction schemes. Federal government is doing well on this. With all the social investment programs like federal money, empower, conditional cash transfer, homegrown school feeding program. But it is not enough. The state and local government needs to complement what the federal government is doing in terms of social investment. So these are some of the ways. We need to recruit more personnel. We need to infuse technology in the fight against insecurity, insurgency, terrorism. We need global connection. Nigeria cannot do it alone because these cross-border crimes, if Nigeria is 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 fighting corruption uh, fighting insecurity and Nigeria republic is complicit child republic is complicit benin republic is complicit cameroon Re republic is complicit they will always have a safe haven they will run to those places and take shelter for a month or two and then they will come back and reload which is why that e-border project and is very very important so these are some of the ways it's not a rocket science. I just fear, Winifred, I'm afraid that even if 2023 election holds and oh. we have, quote and unquote, a bloody civilian taking over from a military president like Buhari, I don't know what will be the fate of Nigeria because we have the price of, we, we pay the price of war and got to with Buhari. Buhari was a former a retired major general in Nigeria army. He fought during the civil war. He was a former head of state. He was a former military administrator. He was a former, uh, former so many things that he has been. So in terms of experience, exposure, he has it. So if he could not solve the problem of security, I don't know, it will take divine assistance for us to overcome this, this insecurity. 
Mr. Jude, perhaps there's a lack of uh, political will, don't you think so? Like many people are alleging that uh, because uh, even like uh, governor, governor of uh, Kasina State, uh, Masari said that most of the bandits are Fulani. Perhaps it has an uh, ethnic uh, uh, configuration that uh, people are not willing to deal with, the government of the day is not willing to deal with. Don't you think so? It's not impossible. Everything is on the table and nothing is off the table with this. Winifred, um, even Elrufai that is talking, is he not a Fulani man? Is Elrufai not a Fulani? Is Masari not a Fulani? Is uh, Bala Mohammed of uh, Belchie not Fulani? Many of them are Fulani, but the, 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 this issue of um, insecurity has gone beyond religious connotation or ethnic connotation. What we need to know that this is an economic-induced economy induced challenge you know why i'm saying that you know when you talk of boko Haram, they are religious ideologues eh? you are they, 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 they said western education is Arab. that's boko Haram. but now what you are dealing with is an economic crime because these people look at it the attack on the train that took place last week monday they picked some people. They didn't just kill them. They, they just they, they derailed the train and abduct the VIPs yes. that are on board. And the, the, the news, news reporters is that they've been contacting the family of those VIPs to demand oh. for ransom. The same thing all over Kaduna, Kasina, Sanfara, down to Kebi, to Sokoto. Many of the people in the communities that are raided they raid them, abduct them, and demand for ransom. Those communities that are not raided, what they do is that they will ask them to pay access fees or protection fees. The, the farmers are asked to pay access fees to be able to go to their farm. When it is time for them to harvest their product, they will also demand for harvest fee. So it tells you, in terms of characterization, all this cattle rustling, is it not an economic crime? When they rustle the cattle, do they want to be worshipping the cattle? They sell those cattle off and make money out of them. When they adopt people, they call their family to come and bail them with millions of naira. When they raid communities and, and ask them to, to bring uh, uh, millions or hundreds of thousands, they, they are looking for money. They want better life. So we need to separate the issue at hand that it is an economy-induced crime. And that's why I said we need to fix the problem of unemployment. We need to fix the problem of poverty. Because that is the fatal, those are the fatal and the push factor. These are things that make people to want to join criminal gangs. You see what is going on in Southwest. Many of our youths are now into Yahoo Yahoo. They are into um, internet scam. They are into ritual murder. They are listening to the PRO of Auguste Police Command sometimes last month. He said they, they, they arrested, the police arrested a, 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 a ritualist. The, what the ritualist does is that he, he will dismember, he will kill and dismember the person he, that, that is his victim. 
And then it will sell off to those ritualists who wants body parts for maybe money making ritual. He said, when they interrogated the man, how much do you sell human parts? And the last one you carried out, how much did, did you get in total? He said he got 51,000. 51,000 for killing a whole human being. They call it human head. They call it ball. That is the slang. That's the code. They call human head ball. They call human hand uh, fan. They call uh, which other body part. They have different codes that they use. So, so just imagine killing a whole human being because of 51,000 naira. That's the worth of human life. And today, people are talking of Yahoo Plus, Yahoo Yahoo, internet scam, and they are talking of ritual murder, all because they want to blow. Look at the number of Nigerian youths that have been caught by NDLEA for drug peddling and drug couriering. So the, 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 that's why we need to improve the economy, improve the infrastructure, improve the economy. If we don't, we will not stop the pilgrimage into these murderous gangs because the idle hand is the devil's workshop. So government at all levels must find a way to empower the youth to take them off crime. Look, it was the amnesty program of Yadwa in 2009-2010 that led to the reduction of vandalism in Niger Delta. True or false? We are from Niger Delta. It was that amnesty program that reduced the criminal activities of uh, the economic saboteurs in Niger Delta that led them to, so that today Nigeria can, can say that um, our oil production will be 1.8 uh, million barrels per day and we'll be able to meet it. But if the federal government did not uh, give amnesty to those Niger Delta militants and ensured some level of economic justice, I'm sure the Niger Delta region will still have been unaccessible to many Nigerians because of issue of insecurity. So in your view, or what do you think ought to be discussed? There's no two agendum than issue of how to ensure security. Enough talking has been done since the insurgency started and it's time for action. But they have been talking, but you see, talk is cheap. They have been talking, talk is cheap. What they need now is to roll up their sleeves to ensure proper action. If they, I mean, look at the Southwest governor. One thing is paying off the Amatakun call that was launched two years ago by Southwest governors has been able to drastically reduce crime rate in the Southwest region. And you know, each state house of assembly has to pass that Amatakun uh, legislation. Mm. The Southeast region governors floated a Bubiagu, but I don't think. They, they are serious about it because that that was supposed to be a kind of community policing mechanism. But I mean, it's not too late to review 
uh, the success and challenges of some of these vigilante groups or uh, some of these regional security outfits to see how, how effective they can make them. And don't forget, security and defense is still on the exclusive legislative list. That's why today um, people are reminding Nasser Arufai that he cannot contract mercenaries yes. to come and fight on Nigerian territory. It's only federal government that can do that. Because security and defense issue is primarily, primarily a state affair. And I do not support, I do not believe that we need mercenaries to win this war against insecurity. Because what the mercenaries will simply do is like um, chasing away the bandits. How many of them can they, can they keep? I'm not sure mercenaries can uh, be allowed to fly Nigeria Air Force planes. They possibly will, will, will launch uh, guerrilla warfare on them and all of that. But once they do that, like Governor Erufai said, these bandits will move from the hotspot to areas where... So if, if you dislodge them from Kaduna, they move to Nasarawa. If you dislodge them from Nasarawa, they move to Plateau. If you dislodge them from Plateau, they move to Benin. You know that kind of stuff. So you need a more coordinated effort, which is why the governor's talking is very important. Because every land in Nigeria is vested under the federal government, under the uh, under the state government. So state government needs to work collaboratively with the federal government and the local government to be able to overcome this challenge. I've also listened to other analysts who said we need to involve the traditional rulers more, traditional rulers and the religious leaders. They have key roles to play because these are consciences of the nation. Uh, particularly the religious clerics. This is Ramadan season. The, the, the message in our mosque should be how to be good citizens, how to be, how to shun crimes and criminalities. Uh, in fact, I know many of my uh, acquaintances and friends who during the month of Ramadan will abstain from sin. They don't want to do things, they don't do alcohol, they don't do women, they don't do you know, those excesses during the month of Ramadan. And they go spiritual, they listen to uh, religious sermons. In fact, many of them choose this month of Ramadan to travel for Umrah, which is lesser you, you remember all of that. So this is the time to engage the religious clerics to appeal to the youth of the, their various communities on how to be godly, how to live righteous, how to ensure that they are patriotic citizens. But salmonization will not do. You need to positively engage this youth. Because my fear and worry, Winifred, is that we are approaching a, in fact, not we are approaching, we are already in a political season. Yes. And we know that in some of these political gladiators that even harms the youth, in the name of protection or in the name of using them to deal with their political opponents. This is a season where people, there will be a lot of assassination, assassination attempt, uh, electoral rela election related violence. And that's why we need, we, we need, we need to bring 
uh, the religious and the traditional rulers into the whole equation to play their own uh, role in trying to mediate, in trying to, uh, in time to uh, appeal to the citizens to be good citizens and to shun crime and criminal. But why they are doing that? The government at all levels and people who are wealthy must ensure that we reduce poverty and unemployment. Because ultimately, that's what can stand the tide of people moving to the other side to join criminal gangs. Hunger uh, does not know uh, does not know who is an elite or who, who is a handsome or you know ugly person. The point is everyone wants to eat to their skill. So what the government should be talking is they need to be more pragmatic. They need to assess the security situation they have put in place in their respective states. They need to talk with Attorney General, even as they should invite him in observer capacity to enlighten them as the chief law officer on what is doable, what is not doable. So that, I mean, those security funds, those security votes, they need to put it to better use. You cannot be collecting one billion every year and you are not able to deliver you know peace and security around you it, it's it's an anathema it is it is uh Mr. thank you so much for your thoughts you know it's quite exhaustive so for me security issue we are moving over to the next because we have now many this wednesday and that is blueprint let's see what blueprint is by saying blueprint is indiscriminate recruitment MBA's personnel cost rose from 1.832 trillion naira to 3.494 trillion naira in seven years. That is ICTC. Indiscriminate recruitment. MBA's personnel cost rose from 1.832 trillion naira to 3.494 trillion naira in seven years, according to ICTC. 1,000 fake employment in one ministry uncovered. Anti-graft agency probing 100 job scams, 500 names to be delisted from IPs. FCSC recommends 3,000 official salaries for suspension. Federal Civil Service Commission recommends 3,000 official salaries for suspensions. All these stories are making the headline on blueprints newspaper. Uh, Mr. Gideon? Well, uh, very unfortunately, uh, this is this is akin to corruption. Yeah. Corruption is not only when you steal money. No. When you do things inappropriately, it's an act of corruption. 1,000 fake jobs in just one ministry. 1,000 fake employment. Who did that? At what cost? Do you think those 1,000 fake employment letters were not um, were, were not bribery induced? Did they not pay for it? So there is element of corruption in what has been uncovered. And I will expect ICPT to name names. Because naming and shaming is part of fighting corruption. You no, cannot just that in a corruption fight. I don't know why. Winifred, I don't know why. First, I would have expected 
if NCPC is sure of his part, to name the ministry. To name the ministry where that 1,000 unemployment, uh, 1,000 fake employment letter were issued. So that we start investigating what really went wrong. Then they said they are also investigating 500 employment scams. How is this being perpetrated under the office and uh, under the, uh, 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 the, the head of civil service? Yes. So, and uh, the ministers have the power to the DGs of these MBAs and uh, directors. Do they have the unilateral power to increase personnel costs? I don't, I don't think so. Without recourse to the head of service, I, mean, I don't think so. You see, you see, that's the that that's the lopsidedness. That's the lopsidedness in the way this country is being administered. Every man is a god unto himself. There is no coordination. The head of service and even the federal character commission are to be involved in the recruitment of any personnel in any MDs. Yes. Quote me on this. The Federal, Federal Character Commission needs to ensure that you follow through with the Federal Character Principle in the employment of, of personnel into any of those MDs. Look at it. Antigravity, they, are, they are investigating probing 100 job scams, 500 names are recommended for being delisted from IPPIS, and the Federal Civil Service uh, commission is recommending 3,000 officers' salary for suspension and then 1,000 fake employment in one ministry. This is this is a serious infraction that should get some people into jail. But we need, we need full disclosure from the ICPC. There is a need for full disclosure in terms of who did what. Who is the one? Is it the minister? Is it the permanent secretary? Is it the director of personnel and for the director of finance and admin? What is the what are the civil service rules that have been breached? These are things that needs to be made open. I, I don't like the way ICPC speaks in parables, just as issuing blanket statement, bland statement that is not rooted in specificities that is not helpful in the fight against corruption naming and shaming is very key and uh, you know uh not be today as we say in local parlance it's not today that we have been experiencing all manner of job scams ghost workers look at it now many years after ippis has been in, 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 has been instituted there are still issues around ghost workers and that's why we are now talking of uh, suspension of uh, 3,000 staff. And then, uh, you know, talking of um, uh, inappropriate fake fake job, uh, fake employment of a job. Because all, all those who have been recruited are supposed to be on IPPIS. And for you to be enrolled on IPPIS, there must be employment letter and all the due process needs to be followed before you are enrolled. 
And that's why the office of attorney general and uh, um, the office of head of service, as well as office of accountant general, and uh, how to work collaboratively. Because it's the office of accountant general that is housing the IPPIS. So we also need the involvement of Minister of Finance. So the head of service cannot just ask people to recruit without deferring to availability of funds. Look at the, the report in Blueprint about the increase in the cost of personnel from 1.8 trillion to 3 point something trillion, which is almost double. Yes. So, the federal government now is under heavy baggage of uh, paying salaries of workers. And many states are already getting to hold owing their workers' salary. Because if you look at our revenue, we are not making as much money as we projected in the budget. And one thing that still surprises me, which I just remember now, Winifred, remember that when the president signed the budget into law on December 31, 2021, he said this budget is unimplementable and that he was going to send to the National Assembly a, 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 an amendment or a bill for amendment of the appropriation law. This is April. I've not heard that the president has sent that communication to the National Assembly. I don't know if I missed the information, but to the best of my knowledge, nothing of such has happened. Yeah, and now, high wire politics have started. Yes. Yeah. This Between this month and next month, by the time party primaries ends, by the time party primary ends, you will not even find any governor or head of ministries, department and agencies on their seat. Many of the governors are no longer, they are no longer on their seats today. They are doing governance by telephone. Look at how many governors have declared for presidency. We they know they will not get. <laughs> and now they are junketing all over the country. Meanwhile, their state is burning. Their states are burning. So let's not deviate too much. This issue of fake employment needs to be investigated. If need be, anti-corruption agencies need to be brought in. They, they, I, I mean, it's good enough that it's ICP. It's even ICPC that, it's ICPC that discovered this. But ICPC may need to work collaboratively with EFCC on this. Because this is something that borders on economic crime. Do you get it? They may have to work together in a collaborative way so that there will be fast... And then the judiciary also needs to help us. They need to fast-track justice delivery system. That is the problem we are having. If only we can overhaul the judiciary system. I think even the, the issue of security, everything, I think everything, there will be a balance, kind of. If that Look at how long. Look at how long. By the time they file cases against these people, and if they are party loyalists, they will just drop it. Oh. All in the name of uh, elections. Closing yes. ranks uh, to win the next election. Because that is the major concern of politicians. Today, look at look at the NDDC forensic audit report. 
Winifred, have you seen it published? Is it no. up there? These are the concerns we raised. That the they... is here to act on the, on the forensic report. That's what we are saying. This is a report that was that was out since October last year. This is April. Six, seven months, we are yet to see, and we may not see that report published. Yes, Mr. Because, of the, level, because of the caliber of people involved. So we don't have much time on our hands again. Let's see what politics is saying. This is uh, all about uh, politics on this day. Let's see what they're saying this Wednesday. Finally, PDP beaches zoning throws presidential ticket open. Finally, PDP beaches zoning throws presidential ticket open. Atiku Saraki Tambuwa Bafarawa orders a joyous mood. Enugu governor unhappy. Fire shade withdraws from committee to join presidential race. This is politics on this day. Uh, PDP well, PDP, uh, presidential ticket open. That means uh, PDP may have to amend this constitution because they are, what they have done is not constitutional. They have it in their constitution that there will be zoning. And now that they have thrown it open, it means that anyway, it's not today they've jettisoned the issue of zoning. Because when they made the mistake of allowing president good lord jonathan to contest in yes. 2011. that was yes. when the whole issue uh ran into a, a ditch however uh the next presidency election is for the apc to lose given the fact that it's an incumbent government given the yes. fact that uh apc i mean pdp with what they have done now uh may be in this area because uh what this all means is that uh Turaki Adamawa may pick the ticket. That's Atiku Abaka. And if Atiku Abaka should be the candidate of PDP in the next election, PDP may lose the presidential election. Because uh Nigerians are not looking forward to another uh another gerontocrat, another old man. Uh, uh, Turaki will be like 76 or 77 next year. Uh, the same thing, the same baggage that Ashiwa Dubola Ahmed Inuku is bringing to the table. Uh, you cannot be talking of Joe Biden in them. Nigerians need a more... Perhaps, perhaps if the PDP is playing the card that uh, maybe the North will vote its own if they see the North and uh, presidential candidate. But it doesn't they... work that way. It doesn't work that way. Uh, even if 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 the north, uh, if PDP zones, uh, if somebody from the north uh, gets the ticket, it doesn't mean that automatically northerners will vote for that person. If if the if APC chooses somebody from the south, and the power brokers in APC are ready to work for that candidate, I can tell you for free that. Uh, APC will still defeat whoever is coming from the north. Um, we have seen that scenario played out in 2011. Yes. You know, uh, Good Lord Jonathan was from the south, yes. and Atiku Abaka was from the north. But Atiku and uh, Good Lord Jonathan, I mean, Buhari was from the north. But uh, because the power brokers were in support of uh, Good Lord Jonathan, yes. he defeated 
He still defeated Buhari that year. And when they now pitch Buhari and Atiku together in 2015, we saw what happened, that people prefer Buhari to Atiku. Now, Atiku for me, well, we are not discussing Atiku here. Let's, let me just... Uh, but I wish PDP the best of luck in its, um, uh, in its uh, engagement of 2023 elections. But I, I dare say that it has an Ekulian, Ekulian uh, task ahead of it. Because what I'm also learning is that uh, they, are, they are pushing for consensus so that uh, their ranks will not be divided. Meanwhile, all these people are putting together 40 million. All of them, 40, 40 million. You know the nomination form, the uh, expression of interest is 5 million, nomination form is 5 million. So, uh, and almost 10 or 15 people in PDP have shown interest now. Uh, from Peter Bees of this world to uh, Bukola Saraki to Ayin Payosai to Wike uh, to Pauchi uh, Governor, Bala Mohamed, to Tambua, to so, so so there are just so many, and uh, just collecting forty million across board, and then pushing for consensus after. I I I just say that if they want to go consensus, they should just not allow other people to buy from. So it's easier for them to just calm trade now. But uh, I wish them all the best. I pray for divine protection that will be around to also analyze it when the time comes. But um, I, the, the 37-man panel led by Governor uh, Samuelotton of, uh, of Bernard State, and they, they said they have done their best, and that's what they are recommending. So let's hope how they, how they, how they swim or sink with that decision. Okay. Thank you so much. And uh, we're moving over to the last paper for review this morning and that is our sister publication national economy let's see what national economy is doing this morning naira losing value over weak export base economic naira losing value over weak export base rising import bill according to economic says nigerian states for foreign products mounting pressure on naira import bill increased by 2.3 trillion in one year that is on national economy. Perhaps you have something to say on that. Uh, well, you know, the the the, the losing value, and that's that's even the funniest thing. Uh, people are projecting. Uh, people are projecting. Government uh, Emefiele, the CBN governor, as uh, a presidential material, uh -huh. and they are mobilizing resources uh, for him. Uh, this is the first time I, 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 will, I, will, I will be treated to such charade that a, a CBN governor who's supposed to manage the economy uh, will be involved in politicking. Uh, they, they said they have mobilized 67 million naira for him, and then they use all those branded vehicles that, uh, and they are telling us he doesn't know anything about it and all of that. But you saw the naira has uh, been uh, has been devalued, and then the exchange rate is very, 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 very uh, very disturbing. Uh, I mean, dollar to naira now is exchanging for like five hundred and seventy or five hundred and eighty to yeah. a dollar, and uh, you see, 
we started by discussing insecurity. Did you know that part of the fallout of insecurity is food insecurity? Oh, yes. So, how would people not engage in smuggling and food importation when farmers could no longer go to farms? When uh, transporters are stranded, uh, when the price of uh, uh, you know fuel diesel is now about seven seven hundred or eight hundred naira per liter, and uh, you know for about three months we witnessed unprecedented level of west scarcity. All of these combined to make the economy uh, very hard for average Nigerians. And what we need to do now is for us to improve our, uh, to strengthen Naira, we need to improve on our productivity. We need to expand and diversify our economy. But how do you diversify economy in a, in a situation where there is a level of insecurity? Where people, there is almost no villages or communities again. Everybody is migrating to the township because of fear of being abducted, because of fear of marauding bandits. So um, if we don't improve productivity uh, from food production to industrialization, expansion of infrastructure, uh, if the cost of doing business continue to, to, to be unfriendly, then you have to continue to depend on imports. And with high level of importation and the fact that Nigeria do not have uh, much um, in our foreign reserves, uh, it, 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 the future economically is very bleak. And uh, I'm not surprised about the rising imports bill because you need to feed. We have a population of over 200 million people who has to eat even if it's once a day. How do you afford that when the bandits and terrorists are not allowing you to be on the farm? And so people have to import all manner of things. It's not like Nigerians prefer, uh, we used to say that Nigerians are more interested in foreign products, but we do know that these foreign products are more expensive. So even where people want to buy made in Nigeria, the made in Nigeria uh, products are vanishing. Look at what's happening in Southeast. Uh, because of the state at home, uh, businesses are impacted negatively. Production is impacted negatively. So people have had to depend on foreign imports to sustain their trade. And this is not good enough because it has put pressure on our Naira. I mean, uh, it has put pressure on our foreign exchange. So people who are engaged in importation now have to source from uh, CBN those they could not get from CBN, they have to go and source from Guru the Change and uh, Black Market. And uh, when they import these products, definitely they have to charge cost recovery prices. And this is why those uh, imports are expensive. But if we can expand our local production base, we will do away with many of these foreign products and we will save the Naira by earning more foreign exchange, and that will show up the value of the Naira. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Gideojo. It's been a pleasure having you on the program. Remember, with the three caps, we are wearing three caps, the TV, the TV host, the Twitter columnist, 
To God, to God be the glory, my sister. It's not by my power. May God keep us safe. Have a great day, my sister. Yeah. Well, we ask this where we call it today on today's Inside Nigerian Leadership Television. I've had a conversation with the review, discuss most of the papers we had on our menu this Wednesday. My name remains Winnie for the Devil, and we hope to see you tomorrow. Don't forget to keep it with us. Bye. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.